Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we interview women executives, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And you're listening to the Well Woman Show, where motivated women achieve fulfillment and well-being. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. Take time for myself by coming to things like Well Woman Drinks. To be accepting of myself no matter what. Step away from judgment as much as possible. You're listening to the Well Women Show. Just, you're going to be in for a good ride. I don't regret anything. Everything I've ever done, I've learned from it, one way or another, good or bad. Being a little bit selfish for yourself, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first and then give what's left. I'm a woman. I would prefer to, to tell my own story. My story, though it's very personal, is universal. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. And now your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hi, Giovanna Rossi here, and welcome to another episode of The Well Woman Show, where I interview women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs about their lives and their road to becoming and being who they are today. Do you ever find yourself overwhelmed with your responsibilities, and it seems like you'll never get it all done? Well, you're not alone. We all need to remember to use our superpowers, the ones we already have but don't use all the time, and take advice and wisdom from one another. Towards the end of the show, in a segment called Superpowers for Success, I ask my guest about her superpowers, and the answers will give you the strength, perspective, and power to keep on being the well woman you are. I'm so happy you're here, so thanks for tuning in. Today's topic is how to take initiative for change, and hopefully by the end of the show, you'll be inspired to have the fearlessness to make changes where you see the need. Make sure you're connected to your body's needs and dedicate yourself to serious focusing to get more done. My guest today is Mickey Agrawal. Mickey is the CEO and co-founder of Thinks, a high-tech, beautiful underwear solution for women to wear during their periods. Her most recent side project is called Tushy for People Who Poop, aiming to upgrade the American bathroom experience and to help fight the global sanitation crisis that is affecting 40% of the world. Mickey is also the founder of the acclaimed farm-to-table gluten-free pizza concept, Wild, and 2015 marked her 10-year anniversary of having her restaurant open. HarperCollins published her book entitled Do Cool Shit on entrepreneurship and lifestyle design. The book hit number one on Amazon bestsellers list in entrepreneurship. In this episode, Mickey and I talk about how her health issues revealed to her that she needs to take better care of herself and how she did it, where she gets her strength and motivation to discipline herself to make difficult changes in the world, and how she uses dedicated focusing to get more done each day. The free giveaway can be found at wellwomanlife.com slash 050show. And now to my interview with Mickey. I'm speaking with Mickey Agrawal this afternoon. Welcome to the show, Mickey. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, Mickey, I know um, we've, I've already introduced you, so our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, but can you tell me what you're working on right now and how it impacts women's lives and well-being? Sure. Um, so, I start a company called Sync, and we make period-proof underwear, um, right. because I guess the question I, I can ask you back is how many pairs of underwear have you ruined on your period? <laughs> Well, let's see. A lot, probably. Right. So I think every woman or every you know woman who's listening can attest to the fact that they definitely have those moments of like eek, panic, you know, just about to like leak through your pants and or onto your sheets and on you know or have leaked you know in a meeting or just like we're just at risk constantly of having an accident. 
And the question became that, you know, in this day and age of innovation, you know, how is it possible that women are still leaking into their underwear and having these embarrassing moments? And so looked at the marketplace and discovered that the feminine hygiene category is a $19 billion category. The underwear category is a $14 billion category. And underwear is only, you know, being made more flimsy, more sexy, more see-through, more lacy, more unsupportive. Um, and the feminine hygiene category, tampons were invented in 1931 by a man. You know, the, the you know, pad, real latest innovation was in, in like, you know, late 1960s when they introduced, like, the adhesive strip or, like, scotch tape underneath the pad. Right. Um, and menstrual cups are still not yet really mainstream. And so three major innovations in the entire 20th century in a category that women require for the most of our lives, like, this makes no sense. And so realized that there really was an opportunity to make a new invention that took a beautiful pair of underwear that we, that looks and feels like a regular pair of underwear, but has built-in technology built into the gusset. So the innermost layer, you know, wicks away moisture, so keeping you feeling dry, so you feel dry when you, you know, bleed into it or have overflow into the underwear. Um, it's it's absorbent and absorbs up to two full tampons worth of blood, so if you're literally, like, caught in a bond, you don't have to worry at all about ever having to leak. It, it, it holds up to that much, and it's leak-proof, it's odorless, it's antimicrobial, so it does all the things that, um, you know, a woman really needs, but most importantly, it's not bulky like a pad, it doesn't have toxins and wasteful, you know, sort of myths that both tampons and pads have. You know when you pull your tampon out on your medium, so like when you're mid to late cycle and you pull it out and it's a little dry? Mm-hmm. You know when you pull it out and it hurts a little bit to pull the tampon out, <laughs> right? I don't. I don't yeah, actually so, use tampons, but yes, I I understand okay. what you're asking. Well, so that when you pull a tampon out in your medium and light and light days, and you're pulling a tampon out and it's dry and it, it it actually hurts because it causes micro abrasions inside your vaginal wall, right? Which is really bad for women, and that actually causes and helps promote toxic shock syndrome. And so the best thing to do is on your heaviest heaviest days. Wear an organic cotton tampon or a menstrual cup with our sinks underwear. And then on your medium and light days, you wear the underwear just by itself. Mm-hmm. And this way you're not hurting your vagina, putting some foreign stuff in your body, you're not wasting, you know, like resources on the planet. And yeah. you feel literally liberated. You don't feel like you don't have to deal with anything. There's nothing but it feels like you're you're like fully free. And I think that's the feeling that we wanted to give and it and it and it has worked. I mean, we are we have helped, you know, we've we've so, you know, over a million units. So it's, it's really, and, it's really working. Yeah, totally. I have to tell you that um, your marketing must be very good because somehow I must be your, your target, you know, market person because I started receiving ads and I, so I found your company just because of uh, some targeted marketing from your company, I guess. And and I, I actually purchased a couple of them and I love them. I, I will say I am totally you know, converted. Like I love, love it. Um, That makes me so happy. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And so then I was like, what is going on with this company? I love it. And, um, you know, on the Well Woman Show, we talk a lot about just all of the different aspects of women's lives and how we're balancing and juggling all of these things. And that, um, and it just seemed to be a really good fit for for me. So I, I researched the company a little bit and found out a little bit about you. And I was like, this is really uh, interesting company and you're doing cool stuff. And um, I want to just kind of 
go back to a few things you said at the beginning, though, about why you started the company. Um, it seems like a, there, there's a huge oversight, or there was a huge oversight, and, and just a big gap in the industry. Um, why do you think it took so long for this, you know, for someone to come up with something better than what we had? I mean, I, I, obviously... Because- because periods have been vilified for so long. I mean, you look at the Bible, the Torah, the Quran, and Leviticus, they talk about how you will be defiled if you touch a woman on her period. You know, in the Torah, they say that you have to take a ritual bath because you're unclean after your period. You know, in the Quran, they say you're unclean or impure on your period. And so these are scriptures that have been, you know, around for centuries and right. have indoctrinated into communities, into culture, and it's, it's really hard to get out of that. And um, you know, you look at, you just look at historically, the word taboo stems from the Polynesian root word tapwa, and one of the definitions of tapwa is menstruation. So the most uncomfortable thing you can talk about, taboo means menstruation. You know, it's crazy. Right. And so it's been so ingrained in the psyche of history that periods are bad. And, you know, and when you actually think about it, it's the thing that perpetuates human life. It's the thing that, you know, that, that is required for every human man and woman to be here. You know, without that time of the month, without that important blood, no human being would exist. And yet we're considering that time of, time of impurity. It's a time of celebration. It should be a time of gratitude. It should be a time of, of welcoming life, of thinking about the importance of, of what that means to create and perpetuate the human species. So this is something I really liked about your company when I started looking at it, is that it, you're doing definitely more than just selling underwear. You're really changing um, or starting to change the conversation about women and women's bodies and women's health. And so how how has that been for you? And have you received a lot of pushback from the mainstream industry, the the $19 billion industry that you referred to earlier? Um, yeah, I mean, we definitely, um, you know, we're getting pushback from not, not just, you know, the, the industry, but just from yeah, media, from people, you know, people are like, it's, you know, it's hard to kind of get away from status quo. Like even women have been indoctrinated by this period of growth, you know, mm-hmm. ooh, I don't want to talk about it. Why are you talking about it? You know, it's just, it's like, why are we, you know, we have to change the way people think about it. And, and we're doing that through education. We're doing that through you know, all of our newsletters that go out, we're doing it in just in, in all kinds of different consistent ways. So eventually people, you know, will start to realize that, oh, wait, why am I disgusted by this? Mm-hmm. You know, like when we think about, you know, changing culture, we do it, you know, I kind of create a thesis around it, you know, like the sort of the, the three ways to really change culture and break a taboo. The first one is there needs to be a real and true innovation in this category in order for people to actually talk about something, talk about this subject in a new way. So we developed a new literal one-for-one innovation. Um, it has to be innovation people want that works. Um, the first thing to change culture is you need to have an innovative product that can really start sparking the new dialogue. The second thing that you need to change culture and break a taboo is artful, considered design across every touch point of the brand. And, you know, when I think about... Um, when I think about, um, you know, our subway ads, when I think about our Facebook ads, when I think about our packaging or our website or every touch point of our brand, we really consider design. You know, we really consider the artfulness 
of, you know, of it. And we want to make sure that, um, that, uh, you know, if you look at a piece of, you know, sort of design that things did, you can't say do right away, talking about period growth. You'll say, oh, wow, that's such beautiful art. And oh my God, they're talking about periods? Wait, wait, what? And then people are much more inclined to talk about it because they originally initially opened themselves up to the beautiful artful piece. Mm. And so the second step is consider artful design across every touch point of a brand. Um, and then the third piece to really change culture and break a taboo is accessible, relatable communication across every touch point of our brand as well. So when we think about the way we write, we're not writing in a clinical, technical, medical, academic way. We're writing like we're texting our best girlfriend. And, you know, so when you read it, it's very relatable. You're like, oh, I feel very familiar with it. And that has helped people really feel comfortable talking about it. Because they're like, oh, there's someone like me talking about it in the same way that I would talk about it. Mm. Yeah. So you are definitely doing all of those three things. I actually have seen some of the ads and um, they're just, you know, beautiful. It, uh, it doesn't matter what you're selling. They're just nice to look at. Um, so I can see that that's, that that's working. Um, Mickey, you, uh, you're, you, you're an entrepreneur. This is not your first company. You've, you've actually had other companies. Um, how did you get started with this? And, um, like, I think your first company was a pizza restaurant. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And so how did you jump from pizza to underwear? Because I know a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs and business owners and just like community leaders. And they might be wondering, um, you know, like that's a big leap. Like how do you change from one thing to another? Or or in your mind, is it not that big of a leap? Um, say that one more time. How did you make the leap from being an entrepreneur in the restaurant industry to then being an inventor, I guess, and, you know, yeah. making underwear? I mean, it's just so different. Well, I think about, I don't think about it necessarily that differently, actually. I think about it as solving problems. And when you think about, sort of like, I think about my parents growing up, you know, I just, I just recently found out I'm pregnant. Oh, um, congratulations. Yeah. And. Yeah, and so I um, was just, I've been thinking a lot about my parents and sort of what they did to really raise me and all the sacrifices they made. And I really thought about how they really were problem solvers, you know, in life growing up too. You know, when there was no gifted children's summer camp growing up, my parents started the gifted children's summer camp, you know, in Montreal, Canada, with my mom with a thick Japanese accent, my dad with a thick Indian accent. They saw a need in the community in Montreal, Canada. And they did something about it. And so the Gifted Children's Summer Camp ran for 20 years after, you know, when we came and went. Um, oh, wow. You know, my parents realized that when we were in, in high school, that they, when you were like 14, 15, that there was no way for kids to learn about electronics. And they really believed that back then in the 90s, that electronics was going to be the future of, of, of tomorrow. And so, and there wasn't any courses for kids. And so my parents started a new company called Tomorrow's Professionals, which taught kids about electronics. My mom, my my dad wrote the manual, and my mom, you know, built the kit, and they taught kids about how to make like burglar alarms and like you know LED lights that flash and like switches that turn off and on and all you know using a breadboard and using transistors and resistors and 
all these things. And, you know, my parents, again, had no experience in that, but they saw a need and they they wanted to fix it and still fill it. And so they did. And then those electronic kits sold all over Canada for years. Um, And so, you know, for me, like I saw a need in the market. I, I didn't, I couldn't find healthy comfort food anywhere in New York City that both satiated my taste buds, but also was good for me. And so I started my first business, which was the gluten-free farm-to-table pizza restaurant. You know, it was a farm-to-table organic originally, but then we made it fully gluten-free um, a few years later. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm bleaching into my underwear. It's just so absurd. How about I keep staining and dealing with this nonsense every single month and having to deal with a mess? There's got to be a better way. And so, you know, we looked at the marketplace. There's very little offerings in this space. It was very little innovation. And it was about capitalizing on that need. So I don't, I don't see it as any different than all my businesses that I started. Like with, with Icon and Tushy as well, you know, Icon people's underwear for women who have light bladder leakage. You know, they, you know, one in three women experience light bladder leakage, you know, at some point in their lives. And it's a very normal thing. And yet again, it takes seven years for a woman to admit to her doctor that she's incompetent. I mean, women are so embarrassed and so stigmatized. Like 25% of women stop having sex because they're incompetent. It's just ridiculous. And yet when a woman gives birth multiple times, a woman grow, you know, gets a little older, she loses a little control of her bladder. So do men. And yet it's stigmatized like crazy. And the current offerings are only depends and, and diapers and pads. You can wear every day for the rest of your life. Well, she has like, who wants that? And so we've developed a very simple pair of underwear for women who have lip battle leakage. Check out iconundies.com. Oh, okay. um, and for every icon of our soul, we fund obstetric fistula operations, which are, you know, issues that girls and women deal with in the developing world. You know, with things as well, for everything under our soul, we fund a pack of reusable menstrual pads that goes to girls in the developing world. And we can talk about that a little bit later. And then, we, and then I realized in the marketplace that, you know, the way we go to the bathroom, use a toilet, hasn't changed in the late 1800s. You know, we're killing... 15 million trees a year to make toilet paper. We're using, you know, the, the average American uses 57 sheets of toilet paper per day to make toilet paper. You know, it, it requires 37 gallons of water to make a roll of toilet paper. It's just like, it's staggering. And yet we're doing it because Sharman and Scott in the late 1800s stopped paper decided to, you know, popularize this soft tissue paper that we're now using. And, and, and actually what it's doing is causing 26 million combined cases of chronic urinary tract infections, hemorrhoids, and yeast infections is helping exacerbate that because why are you wiping poop off your butt with bacteria with, with dry paper? Like, why are you actually, like, why is that the only part of our body that we clean with paper and not with water? Mm-hmm. The rest of the world has the days. Why do Americans not have the days? Because the English hate the French and the days were invented in France. That's not a good enough reason. And so we developed tushies, hellotushy.com. It's a very simple bidet attachment that clips onto any toilet. For $69, you can have a bidet. There's no plumbing, no electrical required. It clips onto your toilet and turns any toilet into a bidet and saves trees, saves your butt, saves your hygiene, <laughs> and, you know, and helps fight the global sanitation crisis on top of that, you know, because we help yeah. for every cushy bidet sold. We're funding clean machine projects all over India. So, you well, know. You, you definitely seem to be moving more in the direction of, um, uh, even on your website, you say, I'm a proud feminist. Um, you're, you know, you've gone from pizza and, and just like solving that immediate problem in your own life to really making more of a feminist statement with some of these other products. Can you talk about that transition? Yeah. I mean, I never even describe myself as a, in quote, feminist for a long time because I don't like necessarily terms. You know, I just find it to be, I never, I never liked terms. I never, I thought, it was always, especially the word feminist was definitely, you know, fraught with 
innuendo and, you know, had so many different meanings to it. I didn't want to be branded something that I didn't quite, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I just, just, I'm a total gender equality advocate, of course, but I, you know, like I just, the, the feminist movement wasn't one that I was really attracted to back then. But I think as I literally started started growing things and building the business and really, really understanding the deep inequality that women experience, the deep unfairness, the the real patriarchal double standard that exists, you know, in our world, you know, I, I really started to relate to the term in my own way. And so now when I say I'm a proud feminist, I say it, you know, with my own asterisk. Like I get to say that I'm doing it through an I'm a feminist and, I, and I'm, I'm taking action as a feminist through innovation. I'm doing it by education, um, you know, and, and, and with design, you know. And so I think that those are things that I really care about and, and I can hang my hat on that term as a result. Mm. And Mickey, can you describe a time in your, in your life when you weren't putting yourself first and you weren't taking care of yourself like you probably now know you need to? Um, can you talk about a time in your life when that was happening for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I um, definitely, you know, over the last 12 years of being an entrepreneur, I definitely was pulling crazy hours and not taking great care of myself. I was, I was playing sports throughout, and I was, but I wasn't really giving myself a chance to rest. Mm. And as a result, I developed a very acute hyperthyroid condition, actually, which was extremely scary. And it was, you know, such a beautiful, eye-opening experience to how the physical and the mental truly affects the physical. And, you know, mind body are so intertwined. Um, And um, I was very stressed out. I had a really challenging, you know, um, work situation um, previously that that eventually, you know, restructured. and uh, and had uh, you know lots of different stressors in my life that I wasn't addressing, and so um, you know my you know I, I lost a, you know a ton of weight, and I was um, pooping eight times a day, um, which is why you know Tushy is wonderful for those those mm-hmm. kinds of moments. Um, and um, I was I had crazy heart palpitations that was really causing really scary nights, and so. Um, I took a hard look at everything in my life. I, I, you know, my endocrinologist said I have two options. One, take my thyroid out or two, do radioactive iodine therapy. And, and I said, screw you. I'm not doing either. I'm going to go the functional medicine route and really learn about my body, learn about stressing my body and heal myself through that. And so I, I went the functional medicine route. I eliminated sugar, gluten, and dairy from my diet for many months. And, uh, and how long ago was this? Six, three, two and a half years ago. Okay. But I, it really just, you know, ended six months ago. Like, so I, I spent the next two plus years, two and a half years, like really healing myself. And so um, I, you know, started a, a yoga and meditation practice. I, you know, restructured my company and, and, and took away the stressors in my life. Um, I uh, started seeing a life coach, which really cleared my channel of integrity. Like, you know, what I'm thinking, feeling, and saying, like totally matched up and finally and cleaned up a lot of the things that, that weren't cleaned up in the mm-hmm. past. Um, I, you know, um, started doing, you know, acupuncture and um, massage, you know, every week and every other week. Um, 
And in two years, I healed myself fully. You know, went from taking having to take four pills a day, um, you know, oh. to manage my my thyroid levels to zero. Um, and uh, and now I'm pregnant, and um, and and things are great. So Fun. it just yeah, it, it it took a lot of concerted energetic. Um, I want to ask you about the pregnancy and parenting in just a second, but um, are are you now taking enough time to rest for yourself? Because you identified that as one of the initial issues. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, you know, of course, I'm still building a business. It's really exciting. I love it. But I think for me, it's really about eliminating the stressful people in my life. It's about being fully in flow when I'm at work. It's about you know, um, getting enough rest. It's about, you know, being recharged by my friends and peers that I love and seeing my life coach on a weekly basis, which I do. So, um, you know, um, that's been, that's been a big, uh, that's been a big thing. And Um, Mickey running all of these companies and being as busy as you are, and you live in New York city, right? Uh, Will you send me, will you show me the full package? Great. Sorry, say that again. Um, running all of these companies that you run and being a busy entrepreneur and businesswoman and living in New York City, how are you planning for, uh, well, you are pregnant already, but how are you handling that with pregnancy and then planning for parenting in terms of, you know, balancing all of this? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I'm like anything else, I've, I've been able to manage it all. And so I just think I have to be even more efficient with my time. Um, you know, Cheryl Sandberg can do it. So can I, <laughs> um, and you know, I, I, I believe that there, you know, like I'll be able to really be more efficient with my time, which I think I really am already. Um, and I'll continue to be efficient with my time. Um, so you're not going to yeah. pull back on anything. You're going to do it all basically. Is your yeah. current plan. Yeah. I mean, I know when I was, I, I have two little ones and my, uh, my second one, I took her everywhere. I mean, she was basically attached to me. I was wearing her really, uh, for the first five months. And so I would give, you know, talks and presentations and she'd just be, you know, she'd just be there. And uh, she's actually here with me right now because of our schedule. But, um, yeah, I think you just sort of make it work, you know? Um, yeah. I, I know definitely I became more efficient when I had kids because you, you tend to have shorter windows of time to, to fit things in. But I think this is a really important conversation for listeners who, um, who have kids, but who may be thinking about having kids and not sure about when to do it. And I just wonder if you have anything to say about timing or planning. I mean, I think people are so quick to be distracted. I mean, people are getting so distracted by Facebook, by the news, by CNN, by pop-ups, by whatever, by TV, by like, I don't know. And I feel like if you work seven hours intensely, seven, eight hours intensely every single day, you can get more done than most people get done in a week in one day. Like I get more, more done in a day than most people I know get done in a full week because I am so hyper-focused and I get so much done in such a short amount of time because yeah. I hyper-focus, you know? And I think, I think people just, forgot how to focus and I think they just and they said they take Adderall to focus they take coffee and they do all these different things that hurt their bodies to focus and they just need to like learn to focus they just have to sit there and learn and your body will adapt 
do it. Well, I think you know? part of that is what you referred to earlier, which is aligning the thinking, feeling, and saying so that all of those things are aligned. And when that's happening, there's uh, the ability yeah. to be a lot more focused. Yeah. I think if people exactly are fully aligned, oftentimes you're like, hey, how's it going? In your head, you're like, oh my God, I can't stand you. <laughs> you know? And that happens, you know, if that happens enough times and you're just like, you're not, it's hard to focus. You know, and, and it's about like recalibrating and, and eliminating those people and, and doing all that, you know. So, OK, so let's use that example real quick. When that happens, are you suggesting that people just say what they're thinking instead? Like, oh, I don't, I don't re- like I don't really want to talk it, to you. But it, but, it, but it can't be like in a mean way. It has to be done gently. Right, like, right. This is what's going on. Like, this is how I'm feeling. And this is like where, you know, you talk in I feel statement. Like, I feel like, you know, this is what's going on. I feel that because of that, this isn't working out. And I feel that, you know, like it's better if we parted ways. Yeah. 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 um, Okay. Mickey, I want to ask you a couple of questions. We're, we're in the final segment here called superpowers for success. So I just want to ask you a few quick round, round of questions here. The first one is what does success in life mean for you? Um, Say that one more time. What does success in life mean for you? Um, success in life means that I'm living in full integrity. You know, what I'm thinking, feeling, and saying all align. I have an integrous relationships. I have integrous business, you know, practices, um, and just fully aligned, fully in flow. Okay. And when did you know that you are really good at what you do? Like when did, can you think of the, the moment when you were like, um, I'm really good at this? I mean, I, I, I rarely do that, to be honest. I don't like, I don't really sit and be like, oh yeah, I, I'm, you know, but I, but I do, I think when I'm like having to talk about my teams and talk about what I've, what I've done, so let's say, say, for example, to my board. I explain like what I'm up to, then I get to, then I get to really share how I feel. Like, this is what, you know, I've done, you know, what, what, what's happened at our company through my leadership, you know? And, and then I'm like, wow, I, I, I've really done a lot in this past year. I've been able to really move, move a big conversation, you know, through. Um, and, and then I get to bask in that for a moment, you know, but I don't think it it lasts for more than a moment and then you just carry on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? Um, say it one more time. What superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? Um, uh, well, superpower. Um, I think I have a superpower of really motivating and inspiring and you know, uh, sort of having infectious passion with those that I believe in and those that believe in me. And I think there's this, you know, infectious energy that people feel. Mm. And what advice would you give your younger self, like much younger self? Um, my much younger self, I would say probably do better job listening to my elders <laughs> like as in as in like like not like because like obviously I wouldn't have been able to do what I do if I just did what everyone told me to do but like 
been a bit more respectful to my elders because like, I'm feeling a level of sometimes like, you know, millennial disrespect sometimes. And I'm just like, dude, like that's just not okay. Like this is not, I would never want to be, you know, like talk to without a level of respect. You know, it just makes, it just, it just weird to me um, that there's this level of equality between like kids and, and adults. They feel like they, they're equal and they can just say whatever they want to say in a rude manner back. And it's just, that's just not how I roll. And I feel like when I was a kid, I definitely was a little bit more like that. Mm-hmm. And I now see why that's not ideal. <laughs> and what do you say to, to people who are like that now? Like maybe who you, who you work with or who are in your circle and, and they... Well, those who I work with who are like that are not going to be, you know, that, that it's not going to last, last very much longer. But, right. um, <laughs> uh, but those, you know, who I believe in, who, who are here, you know, we, we, I have to, you know, like give them real, 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 real warnings and just feel like this is not how it, you know, how real life works. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and, and people have to learn the hard way and that I'm fine. That's, that's, and if, if I'm, if I'm part of that learning process, I'm happy to be, but I think, um, it's important for people who are listening to really humble ourselves, you know, to really feel, um, yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, um, it's interesting because there are, there's definitely, um, this idea that you have to put the work in, uh, you know, in order to get somewhere. And then there are some younger folks who just, you know, they just have, they have good ideas and they think that they can uh, achieve that level right away. And so there is, I can see that as an issue. Um, Okay, last question, Mickey. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? Um, I, I'm reading, a, I'm actually reading my life coach's book. Um, it's her galley. It's coming out. It's called Maybe It's You. And uh, I'm actually going to be one of the sort of like, uh, I'm going to be in the back, just kind of sharing my experiences with her because, I mean, my life is irrevocably changed with her, with her support and with her, um, with my work with her. And so I'm reading, I'm reading her book. It's called Maybe It's You. It comes out in January or February. Oh, maybe it's you. And who is that by? What's her name? Lauren, Lauren Zander. Lauren Handel Zander. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's the best life coach on earth. (laughs) Cool. Well, Mickey, it's been a pleasure talking to you this afternoon. Likewise. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. That's it for our show today. I've been speaking with Mickey Agrawal. She's the CEO and co-founder of Thinks, a high-tech underwear solution for women to wear during their periods, as well as the founder of the acclaimed farm-to-table gluten-free pizza concept, Wild. Mickey is the author of Do Cool Shit, a bestseller about entrepreneurship and lifestyle design. Mickey and I spoke about making changes in the world and refusing to let anything hold you back, her business model for overcoming taboos, and how she takes care of her physical, spiritual, and emotional health. You can get the freebie this week at wellwomanlife.com slash 050show. Our monthly live event, Well Woman Drinks, brings women together to share our successes and challenges as women leaders, moms, aunts, sisters, and all the other roles we carry. 
If you'd like to attend a Well Woman Drinks near you, or if there isn't one in your city yet and you'd like to start one, email me at info at wellwomanlife.com. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. You can also continue the conversation in the Well Woman Life community group at facebook.com slash groups slash wellwomanlifecommunity. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening today, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wellwomanlife. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.